0: Good morning, today is Wednesday, um, December the 14th. Um, This is a special meeting of the Building Inspection Commission. I would like to remind everyone to please mute yourself if you're not speaking. The first item on the agenda is roll call. Um, President Beto? Here. Vice President Tam? Here. Commissioner Alexander Toot? Here. Commissioner Newman? Here. Commissioner Shaddix? Here. And Commissioner Summer. Here. Okay, we have a quorum. And next is our land acknowledgement.
1: The Building Inspections Commission acknowledges that we are in the unceded ancestral homeland of the Raymattu who are the original inhabitants of the San Francisco Peninsula. As the indigenous stewards of this land and in accordance with their traditions, the Raymattu has never ceded, lost, nor forgotten their responsibilities as caretakers of this place as well as for all peoples who reside in their traditional territory. As guests, we recognize that we benefit from living and working on their traditional homeland. We wish to pay our respects by acknowledging the ancestors, elders, and relatives of the Ramatushaloni community and by affirming their sovereign rights as First Peoples. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Um, Next, for members of the public that are listening in, our public comment, call-in information is uh, the phone number is 415-655-0001. Access code is two four eight three five eight eight three zero one five. This is this format is a WebEx webinar. So if you're trying to access the meeting, you also need to enter a password, which is one two one four. And for the um, the visual cable is going to be shown on channel twenty six instead of seventy eight today. Next we have item 2, findings to allow teleconference meetings under California government code section 54953E. The commission will discuss and possibly adopt a resolution setting forth findings required, required under Assembly Bill 361 that would allow the BIC to hold meetings or for commissioners to attend meetings when necessary remotely according to the Modified Brown Act. Is there a motion to adopt the findings?
2: Motion.
1: Seconded.
0: All commissioners in favor?
1: Aye.
3: Aye.
0: Okay. Then okay. that motion carries unanimously. Um, next, we have item three: President's opening remarks.
4: Um. Hello, fellow commissioners, uh, Director Reardon and members of the public. Excuse me. Um. Welcome to the December 22 Building Inspection Commission. Thank you for all joining us. Uh, I want to start off by welcoming our newest member, Earl Shaddix. Um I understand that he is an executive director at a local nonprofit. Uh, it's good to have you join, have you as a new addition to the commission, and I'm looking forward, as well as I would include, we are looking forward to have to working together with you. This month, we're focusing on important topic: DBI fees and funding. Um, our goal is to understand, provide, and provide transparency to the public for how DBI's budget is created, managed, and tracked. I think this will be an interesting discussion and hope it will be illuminating for the Commission and the public. Uh, I would also like to thank everyone, uh, wish everyone a happy holiday and new year, and we look forward to what the new year will bring us. Uh, this generally concludes my comments and remarks, but uh, President's remarks, but uh, with that said, I think we, we, when do we discuss uh, the continuance of some of these items we talked about? Um you can
0: do you can do that now if you'd like, and um, once you select the items we'll uh, make a motion to to do so
4: okay um we have a number of uh, uh, commissioners that are online um, taking this meeting um, in hybrid or or uh, uh, remotely, and another commissioner who needs to leave uh, due to uh a uh, SICK CHILD, SO WE WANTED TO PROPOSE uh, CONTINUING ON A NUMBER OF THESE ITEMS. Uh, WE WERE LOOKING FORWARD TO HEARING ABOUT the, THE BUDGET, BUT I THINK THAT CONTINUING ON WHEN EVERYBODY'S IN THE SAME ROOM. SO I WOULD LIKE TO PROPOSE THAT WE uh, CONTINUE ON ITEMS NUMBER uh, 6 AND 7 AND 9. AND I THINK ESPECIALLY WITH ITEM NUMBER 9, uh, A CLOSED SESSION, and uh, uh, giving uh, Director Reardon's uh, yearly review, I think that would be preferred to do that in person. I think those yearly reviews are important for um, anyone that we would have to do that for. So I, I would I prefer to have that in person when all of us can, can um, join in that, that discussion, you know, without doing this uh, hybrid mode
0: so there um, is a motion by uh, president beto to continue agenda item six seven and nine and and there is a second by um, vice president Tim I will um, do a roll call vote on that motion um, president Beto
5: me uh, this yes. is uh, W city attorney Rob Kaplan. we need to have uh, public comment if there is any on those okay. items Okay.
0: Thank you. Um, I apologize for that. Um, if is there any public comment for agenda items number six, seven, and nine? There's none not, not, none remotely. Yeah.
3: Uh, I, I had a comment Sure. Um, I'm I don't know if I'm I'm gonna be able to uh, for the next several months attend anything in person because of um, my child's health and so which is why i've been you know doing this remotely for quite a while so i don't want the i don't want the um metric to be that we're all in the room together but i'm okay for time reason to be moving these to the next meeting but um i would like us to there are many commissions who do a hybrid and so if, if you know um we aren't the only one. So if there is needs to be some learning or kind of seeing what other practices in the city are to do, um, you know, to do hybrid in the right way, then I think uh, we can give give ourselves a few weeks to figure that one out. But I just, um, I wouldn't want that to be the metric of when we have these agenda items. Um, But I am okay with moving them.
0: Um, Thank you. I will also look into the practices of other commissions so that It'll be where everyone can um, see everyone and be, you know, participate at the same time.
4: Uh, may I may respond to that. Okay, uh, go ahead. Thank you. I just wanted to respond to Commissioner Toots' uh, uh, comments. Uh, this is uh, this has a lot to do with what's been on what's on the agenda, and also the fact that we have three commissioners that are remote. Um, I think one commissioner. Um, or two, when the majority is, is in the room, it's, it works out fine, but when uh, we don't even have a majority sitting uh, in person in the room, I think it becomes more challenging, especially for some of the items we're, we're, we're going to talk about this month or we were supposed to talk about.
0: Thank you for your flexibility, President. Um, did any other commissioners have any comments? Um, there is no public comment on these items, and there is a motion and a second. Um, so I will do a roll call vote to continue agenda items six, seven, and nine. Um, President Vito? Yes. Vice President Tam? Yes. Commissioner Alexander Toot? Yes. Commissioner Newman? Yes. Commissioner Shattucks? Yes. And Commissioner Summer? Yes. Okay. Thank you. That motion carries unanimously. Um, next, we have the Director's Report, Item 4, 4A, Director's Update.
6: Good morning, President Beto and members of the Building Inspection Commission. Uh, I'm Patrick O'Reardon, the Director of the Department of Building Inspection. Uh, in line with what President Beto uh, just stated, I want to start by also start by welcoming um, the newest member of the Building Inspection Commission, Earl Shaddix, Commissioner Shaddix is uh, the Executive Director of Economic Development on Third, a community-based nonprofit dedicated to supporting residents and businesses along the Third Street corridor. I enjoyed meeting with Commissioner Shaddix when he came to DBI a couple of weeks ago for a tour, and I'm certain Commissioner Shaddix's experience will bring great value to the Commission's deliberations. Welcome, Commissioner Shaddix. Earlier this month, a small business inspection ambassador helped SF Organi CA, an organic food market located at 500 Larkin Street in the Tenderloin. Owner Mohammed Hadid had some issues to take care of before he could get a final approval and connected with uh, inspector Trevor Byrne, one of our small business inspections ambassadors. Inspector Byrne worked closely with Mohammed to resolve those issues and issued the business a certificate of final completion on December 2nd. Sonia, would you please put the picture of Mohammed on the screen for us? Thank you. Oh, apparently we don't. have... Okay.
0: Sorry, it's upside down. <laughs> <laughs> Let me show it another um,
6: way. Here's Mohammed with his CFC, enabling <laughs> enabling him to open his business to the public. And here are a few words that he shared in a note to the department last week. Mr. Byrne is a very experienced inspector who was able to streamline the process of obtaining a permit. He was able to coordinate with the many departments to help prepare my business for approval. He was able to explain where I was in the process and what exactly I needed to do in order to get my permits. I want to thank you for this program, and I want to thank Mr. Byrne for his patience, kindness, and helpful uh, experience. I hope he can continue helping other aspiring small business entrepreneurs who might be intimidated by the process. Congratulations, Mohammed, and thank you, Inspector Byrne, uh, for your fine work and customer service. And moving on to the Interfaith Winter Winter Shelter Program. Uh, And speaking of fine work, I want to share another item that fills me with pride and gratitude for the team at DBI. For many years, DBI has worked with the Mayor's Office, the Interfaith Council, and Episcopal Community Services to assist with opening San Francisco churches as overnight shelters for the homeless during the cold season. Our role is modest, but important, we conduct inspections to make sure that churches are safe for overnight use as sleeping facilities. This year, uh, Inspector Carl Malchow of our Code Enforcement Division conducted the inspections uh, along with the San Francisco Fire Department. The issue is especially meaningful to Inspector Malchow, who is involved in several uh, other programs to help on how San Franciscans get off the streets. This is not our most visible work, but you don't hear... Uh, us speak of it very often Um, but this work is vitally important everyone in San Francisco deserves a, a safe place to sleep our job is to protect every single person in our city and I'm truly proud and appreciative of the work we're doing with the Interfaith Council to provide warmth and a good night's rest for some of our most vulnerable neighbors And uh, moving on, today's agenda um, centers centers around DBI fees and how we're making sure we're recovering uh, the appropriate fees for our work, including an update uh, on our fee study. Uh, So these items may be continued to next month as as already um, spoken to by President Beto and our commission. Um, So I I look forward to our um, ongoing discussions. And thank you, that concludes my director's report.
0: THANK YOU. Um, NEXT, WE HAVE 4B, UPDATE ON MAJOR PROJECTS.
6: WE HAVE THE SLIDES? OKAY. GOOD MORNING AGAIN, COMMISSIONERS. THE FOLLOWING SLIDES ARE INTENDED TO HIGHLIGHT THE VOLUME AND VALUATION OF PROJECTS COSTING 5 MILLION OR MORE THAT ARE FILED, ISSUED, AND COMPLETED. As well as a profile of a few projects that bring especially high value in terms of their contribution to housing and community assets. So, um, the next slide. um, In October of 2022, 10 permit applications with an estimated construction valuation of $5 million or more were filed with DBI. These projects are anticipated to add 713 new housing units. and are collectively valued at $634 million. This includes an application for a 12-story office building at 490 Brannan. There is also an application filed for 1939 Market Street, which is planned to have 187 100% affordable units. And moving on to the next slide, please. Thank you. Uh, last month, we issued two high-value permits with collective valuation of uh, m- over $233 million. One of these permits was for a 500-unit mixed-use development at 555 Bryan Street. The other was for the renovation of the administration building buildings at Laguna Honda. I can have the next slide. Lastly, DBI finaled three high value projects. One of these was for an office tenant improvement at 1800 Owen Street, another was for renovations and seismic work at the Castro Mission Health Center. Together, the completed projects have a construction valuation of roughly $20 million. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Director. Next item is 4C, update on DBI's finances.
7: Good morning, Commissioners. Alex Koskinen, Deputy Director, Administration. Can we pull up the presentation? Okay, so this presentation will be an update of our regular, uh, it will be a regular finance update, and in addition, uh, based on the feedback provided by the commission in the last meeting, I've added some additional slides. I want to thank you for your suggestions, and I'm looking forward to further refining this regular update format um, so that it would be most helpful to you and members of the public. Next slide, please. So this first slide is a refresher. um, Some basics on the finance and the budget and finance cycle for the department and the city. Our financial year is July 1st through June 30th. And it takes some time to close the year. So a year is finalized a bit after uh, June 30th, around August, September. And the controller publishes its final, final report in November to March, it varies year to year depending on the complexity of the the prior year. And the the budget cycle is a continuous cycle. There's always something happening with budget. Some within departments, mayor's office, controller, it is a continuous process. Um, Where departments enter into the continuous circle, is in december to february that's what's known as department phase that's when departments develop a proposed budget for the next two years the entire city is on a two-year proposed budget cycle so in this february this february we will be submitting a proposal for fiscal years 23 24 and 24 25. then after our proposal is submitted the mayor's office takes over and that's what's known as mayor's phase and they make uh, policy changes, additions, modifications to the budget and then on June 1st the mayor submits her proposed budget for those next two years. After that July to August the Board of Supervisors takes over they review what the mayor has submitted and they make cuts and adds uh, recommended changes to the budget and then the full board votes around august to finalize the budget and and not listed here when after the budget is finalized around august the process starts over again then the second year that was approved becomes the first year of the next year's budget cycle so fiscal year 2425 moves from year 2 to year 1 each year is reviewed twice so THERE IS AN OPPORTUNITY TO MAKE ADJUSTMENTS. IT JUST HELPS DEPARTMENTS THINK AHEAD, THINK FURTHER AHEAD and plan. SO EACH YEAR IS NOT A COMPLETE BLANK SLATE. THERE IS SOMETHING THAT WAS PREVIOUSLY DISCUSSED TO WORK OFF OF. NEXT SLIDE, PLEASE. AND I WANTED TO PUT TOGETHER SOMETHING THAT SHOWS WHAT THE COMMISSION CAN EXPECT FROM OUR REGULAR, FROM, from OUR FINANCIAL UPDATES not every most meetings will be or about half will be just regular updates and i'll get into what that means a little bit later in the presentation but generally that is a look at the budget and the current spending and how how much of the year has elapsed how much of our budget have have we spent so far and then towards the end of the year that will also include projected spending and projected year-end balances towards the beginning of the year. Not so much. We don't have enough information to determine that, but uh, I'll I'll go through some of the the special highlights and, and additions to the regular schedule. So In September, that will be right after the year has closed and the budget has been finalized, so we will show a look back at the prior year, how we did um, a, a final look. And then a that will be the Commission's first look at the finalized new budget. You will, have, of course, see the original proposal, but any changes that will have happened through mayor's office or, or board, you'll see those then. Uh, in January, we the depart, departments meet with the controller's office and mayor's office twice a year at six month and nine month through the year so around uh, quarter two and quarter three and those are the times when departments do deep dives into year-end projections to determine beyond beyond just a, a basic straight line projection really what do we what do we think we're going to spend by the end of the year what revenues do we think we will receive by the end of the year and what will the impact on our fund balances be and and where do we think we'll end up as as previously mentioned it's very difficult to do that early early on in the year the that projection work does not typically start until 6 months in so i'll i'll explain that further when we get into the nuts and bolts of the regular update. Um, Next slide, please. The commission um, asked for a look at the current fund balances and, and some historical perspective, so I wanted to show what DBI's current financial position is and then how we, how we got there. So the most significant recent history really begins in 2011 when revenue began to rise sharply. San Francisco was not as affected as most of the rest of the country or, or the world from the Great Recession. Our revenues did not dip much. And then as everyone else began to recover, revenues really began to take off um and so they were very high and, and growing up until 2020 when there was really an abrupt revenue drop about thirty three percent in in two years and that it, it was a very abrupt turnaround and i I'll, I'll show that further on the a graph on the next slide but uh, to summarize our financial position currently, we have $95 million in cash, and 48 of that 95 is uncommitted. So we have committed approximately $50 million to ongoing projects. So the 48 is what is available for future use. And another important factor is our operating balance. So we are currently experience, uh, experiencing a $25 million per year operating deficit. That means our expenditures are greater than our revenue by about $25 million this year and projected ongoing, absent any changes. And if if nothing changes, then you can, you can see we have about $48 million uncommitted, and if we're running a $25 million per year deficit, then by fiscal year 26, then our, our cash is projected to run out. Next slide, please. So this, this is a, a visual representation of the financial history of DBI. Uh, The four lines on here, red is revenue, gray is expenditure, blue is our cash, so that is just beginning balance plus revenue minus expenditure. And the yellow is our uncommitted fund balance, so that is the blue line minus everything we have committed to, um, to spend and you can you can see where in 2010 2011 the red line goes above the gray line and that results in our fund balance shooting up and then in 2020 those lines abruptly cross back and now the difference between that red line and that gray line is our operating deficit expenditures are greater than revenues and what we need to do going forward and What we will attempt to do through the fee study that we'll talk about in the future is bring those lines closer together. So, through a combination of expenditure reductions, moving that gray line down, and revenue potential, revenue increases, moving that red line up, we would like to um, recover our costs but not exceed them and stabilize our fund balance. Next slide, please. So, I wanted to talk about some a preliminary some preliminary proposals that we've made to Mayor's office. These are very some low hanging fruit that we've identified as easy ways to um, increase increase our balance and d- delay, absent any other changes, uh, buy ourselves more time. So, on the revenue side, of course. The major changes will be determined by the fee study. We have begun the fee study already. We've, we've had our initial kickoff and we'll be working with the consultant and moving through that process. We'll, we'll talk about that more next time. An additional item is about $3 million of COVID reimbursement. So during the pandemic, the department has done a lot of work a lot of department staff has, has been deployed throughout the city for various tasks in the uh, shelter in place hotels, at food pantries, non standard DBI work that so far has been paid for by the Building Inspection Fund. And we have made a request to the Mayor's Office, Controller's Office for reimbursement for those costs so that they would not impact DBI ratepayers. On the expenditure side, we have requested reductions in various work orders with other departments. These, many of these work orders were scheduled to sunset next year in fiscal year 24, but we've asked to stop them early. So there's work for outreach that we are paying fire department for, uh, economic and workforce development for, THAT WE BELIEVE WE CAN TAKE OVER AND DO WITH EXISTING RESOURCES. SO WE'RE HOPING TO END THOSE those WORK ORDERS EARLY. WE'LL SEE WHAT THE MAYOR'S OFFICE SAYS ABOUT THAT. DBI IS CURRENTLY FUNDING SIX COMMUNITY-BASED ORGANIZATIONS. WE'RE PROVIDING THEM GRANTS, MOSTLY FOR VARIOUS OUTREACH. THEY'RE IN SROs, HELPING WITH TENANT EDUCATION, with WITH CONTRACTOR EDUCATION and we are in talks with mayor's office to potentially shift that funding to other departments that are doing similar work, like the Department of Homelessness, the the mayor's office. Those departments have additional existing contracts with the the community-based organizations, and we're hoping that those other departments can fund some of this work. in very it's very early to tell but preliminary discussions with the mayor's office uh, they would like to see a phased approach to whatever we do so expenditure reductions any revenue increases we won't want to do it all at once to prevent rate shock to ratepayers. and we're hoping at this point to balance balance our budget bring that the red line make it intersect with the gray line, revenues and expenditures by fiscal year 26. Although, the results of the fee study will will determine exactly what happens. Next slide, please. So, those, those preliminary slides that I went over were some of the background and history. I hope that was helpful. Now, the following six slides are an updated format of the regular financial presentation that we plan to present to the BIC each month uh, as described in in the first slide. So the format for the presentation will be narrative slide and then the next slide will be a table with the the numbers themselves. So the the first item we'll go over is revenue. And in the previous meeting, questions were asked how is the budget managed throughout the year? And prior, in the first six months of the year, we, we monitor, we roughly monitor utilization. So if you look at the, the first point here, 42% of the year has elapsed. So th- the data shown is through November. So that's five months. Five months divide, five divided by 12 is 42. So 42% of the year has, has gone by so far. And so far throughout the year, we've received only 38% of our budget. If we were to annualize that, then that would result in a $2 million shortfall. But it is generally accepted throughout city finance to be too early to make those types of determinations before six months. For example, in the major project report, you will have seen the 555 Bryant, that's a $200 million valuation project that brought in $2 million in November. So, we revenues are, are very volatile up and down and it, it's very difficult to determine what will be coming in in the rest of the year, especially on the revenue side. So, we do, use this as a reality check, checking the amount received versus the percent of the year elapsed and make sure that it is somewhat close. If those start to diverge, then we will investigate. But as long as they're relatively close, we tend to leave the more detailed projections for six and nine months. As you'll see on the next slide, I'll, I'll show some examples. For example, the apartment license fee. You'll see almost nothing has been received so far, but that does not mean that we expect to receive all of what we've budgeted. We expect to receive pretty much what we got last year, but a little bit more, but timing can affect that. So, we have not actually received, it is collected by treasurer tax collector. They haven't actually sent us any of the money this year yet. So, things like that are, why you may see under-recovery now, but it does not mean that there will be under-recovery by the end of the year. And another item is the three-year code change. We are hoping for a surge in, in permit applications to beat the new codes this year, so we'll see how much extra revenue we end up bringing in in December. Next slide, please. So this table speaks to the the prior slide. You can see the different revenue categories and how much we've received so far. Uh, The first two columns are last year's budget and actuals for the full year, so you can get an idea of what happened last year. The next two are current year budget and year-to-date actuals, so you can see what this year's plan is and how we are doing Uh, Currently, the last three columns, the last two are projections, and again, as, as discussed, it's too soon to make more detailed projections. We could project a $2 million deficit on that first line, but we just don't know. We're not confident enough to say that at this point, so we're just projecting on budget for now. IN THE NEXT MEETING, WHEN WE DO OUR MORE DETAILED YEAR-END PROJECTIONS, we will ha- THOSE NUMBERS WILL NO LONGER BE ZERO, AND WE WILL HAVE MORE CONCRETE PREDICTIONS. ONE OTHER THING TO MENTION HERE IS THE PRIOR REPORTING ONLY SHOWED OPERATING FINANCIALS. NOW WE CAN ALSO SEE IN THAT SECOND-TO-LAST ROW NON-OPERATING there are various restricted funds in the building inspection fund, including strong motion fund, construction and demolition fund. Those are very specific restricted uses. And this, this shows that activity in not great detail, but at least so we can provide an overall picture of the building inspection fund at the bottom. Next slide, please. Next, we will discuss expenditures. So, so far this year, expenditures are are trending at or below budget. Expenditures are much easier to predict. The major expenditure of DBI is labor, and labor tends to be pretty steady. Everybody makes roughly the same amount week to week. Um, One major expected saving is in non-personnel services, and that is due to EDRT reimbursement, so peer review. The developers of projects reimburse us for, we, we pay the peer reviewers and the project reimburses DBI. So we budget enough to pay the reviewers and then when we're reimbursed that will show up as a surplus. And as previously mentioned in the proposals slide, we have requested a $3.9 million reduction in work order. So if that materializes, that will result in some significant savings for the department. And another item for the community-based organizations is typically in the past few years, they have billed less than their total grant amounts. It's very, very difficult to determine how much they will bill. They, have, they tend to bill low amounts in the beginning of the year and then submit huge invoices at the end. So we will see, but there are potentially additional savings there. Next slide, please. And here's the same table as the revenue side on the expenditure side. You can see how much the, the prior year budget and actuals, current year budget in year-to-date actuals, and projections. And at the bottom, again, there is the non-operating expenditures. So. These are the restricted funds and also continuing projects. For example, our permit tracking system upgrade, we have money set aside to, for that project. And we also have money set, these are generally capital projects. We're replacing our point of sale system on the second floor of Permit Center. And so that's another major capital project that uh, is funded out of these non-operating funds and other. These are funds outside of building inspection fund. There is a small amount of general fund that was allocated to DBI by supervisors for um, a a specific project, I believe, some sort of outreach effort. And so you'll see all all DBI expenditures are encompassed in in this table next slide please please and the the final the final item we'll talk about is a look at our our permits and you'll see from the numbers on the next slide that year to date we've received in number of permits about 11% less however due to this one big project 555 Bryant primarily the total valuation of all of all permits is the same as last year at the, at the same time, year-to-date. Next slide, please. And so here, this this slide is similar to what has been presented in the past. It just shows this year-to-date, so July through November for last year and this year, both the number of permits and the valuation. I'm looking forward to working. Working with you all to refine this and answer any questions that you may have. Next slide, please. Last slide. Thank you.
0: Thank you, there, um, President Bito. do you want to ask if commissioners had any questions here? Because there's one hand raised, but I don't know if you want to have answered commissioners here if they want to do you speak. Have one hand raised. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, it's uh, uh, Commissioner Alexander too. Uh,
4: sure. Absolutely. I have
0: some questions, too. Okay. Um, commissioner Alexander, too, you can go ahead and speak.
3: Um, thank you for the presentation. I, I, I have quite a number of questions, but the one I want to focus on the most, the one that I think is. Something that, as a commission, we really need to spend time on is this question of shifting the CBO grant money. Um, to me, this is not about the CBOs. This is about DBI's equity and access to DBI services, and I do not believe that that is something that another department can, we can shift to. If there's a discussion about, you know, I I don't know what the discussions are. This isn't about any particular CBO because uh, it's about the policy in general, and I'm extremely concerned about offloading that to a different department because I want that language to say what it, I don't know what this agreement say, but I want the purpose to continue to be to be at outreach for tenants who are least likely to call 311 and make a complaint, people who are terrified of their landlords, people who are living on the edge, people who don't feel like they can make formal complaints, people who don't feel comfortable making a complaint in English. Uh, I know we have translation services, but that is not, these are more about psychological barriers and cultural barriers, people who don't even know that the housing code exists. If we um, and that we will lose that connection between our housing department and the community directly because we will no longer have contract privity with those organizations and we will lose the richness that those community organizations bring to our, our housing inspection staff. We will lose the complaints. We will no longer be able to make those. So some of the will not come into our housing services in the same way. Um, and I'm very, very concerned about uh, what that what that equity impact for our most vulnerable communities are if we no longer have contract privity with the, um, through the grants, uh, that put through the services directly. Um, we, our inspectors cannot provide the same level of service that it's a different kind of work, but it is work that brings work to the department, the litigation community, committee, we oftentimes see these SROs that were first contacted and referred to our departments through um, the SRO collaboratives. The apartment association plays a very critical role, encouraging landlords who um, to you know to work with DBI to be and to provide kind of a different level of resources. Um, and so I, that line that is not a savings that I can um, imagine. Uh, meeting just to just because we're in a deficit. Um, I'm interested in having uh, broadly having conversations about where we can find savings, where we can make freezes, but eliminating contract privity as a policy. Um, if, if we find out in three years that this didn't work, that we can't just turn around and add that again to our budget. Those are uh, the really permanent effects and that will, I think, very greatly affect the service that we are able to provide to, what, the 70% tenants of San Francisco. And so I'm I'm very concerned about making that policy decision permanent um, through our budget. Uh, so I, I would like to start off with that.
8: Sure,
7: to be clear, to clarify, um, thank you for your question. We're not talking about eliminating or changing the services, just the the source of funding for them. So. It is our desire to keep the current services and have them managed by our housing inspection division, just change the funding source. So have mayor's office or home department of homelessness provide funding to DBI to pay for these services.
3: Oh well, that's fantastic. <laughs> I was very worried about the the losing the contract privity. so that was very that was what I was most worried about. So as long as we maintain the contract privity, then if we are able to find alternative sources of funding, that is 100 fantastic, 100 percent fantastic. So um, thank you for clarifying that. Great, <laughs> it's my anxiety. Um, I think it's a fantastic program. Um, so that is wonderful. Um, I do want to ask then, can you? the other question, which is much more technical, is on the ongoing project of the $55 million of our reserves um, that are committed, um, not in this presentation, but for January, could you tell us what those commitments are? And like, what is the authority that ties those to commitments? Is it policy? Is it legal? You know, what, what are the commitments that $55 million um, is, what is the re- that we can't touch in the reserves? Just kind of like understanding that, like, what is, you know, what is that? So if you could prepare that for our January discussions, that would be helpful.
7: Sure, I'd be happy
0: to.
3: Thank you. And thank you for the good news.
0: (laughs) Questions?
4: I do, I have a couple of questions. Thank you very much for this presentation. Um, Very helpful. Um, And the graphics certainly help. Um, One of the things I wanted to, Uh, reiterate as part of your presentation which I thought was very well organized and presented was that the financial calendar year and annual cycle um, and how uh, these items are budgeted whether it's through the departments or the mayor's office and also the timeline of the Board of Supervisors but it's on page 4 of the slide deck that you go through the regular updates and I think this goes back to my earlier uh, last month's big big meeting and discussion that those updates are the things that when I speak to traf- tracking, that those are the those are some of the things that um, I presume that you're checking on those regular updates. What what how things are tracking in terms of what's budgeted and what's actual. Is that is that what you do? I mean, I think what, based on what I heard, it's it's tracking your projections and updates and getting updates on what you projected. Based on a certain amount of a three a three month period.
7: Yes. So we review how much of the year has gone by, how much have we recovered? Is that is it reasonable to have recovered or spent that amount by this time in the year? Um, and then in quarter one, so in January, and then in April, we will really do deeper dives into our projections, and we'll say, okay, beyond it. it it may be 50% of the way through the year and we've recovered 50% but let's go talk to deputy director of permits and see what he thinks is going to come in for the rest of the year which projects does cpc have in their pipeline that may be coming to us and on the labor side which positions do we think are going to are we going to hire in the second half of the year are any retirements coming that can maybe save us some money so do Um, more additional investigation into those things.
4: And I think that the timeline that you provided on page four also helps the commission to anticipate that um, it it takes the director's report and uh, finance update from something that's just, that has felt to some degree perfunctory, like we just get a monthly update, but we don't know the context of it. And then having these potential milestones that we would look to, like the updates, um, the projections that you have here. I think that would be a great addition to the update that you do with the director's uh, report. Um, So thank you for that. That was helpful. Is that something that's possible in the future?
7: so discuss what is the next milestone that's coming up and what is the next thing the commission can expect sure yeah
4: and when you hit it like at the time when you know uh, when you when you reach that that milestone when you've had when your team has had a chance to uh, evaluate it, analyze it, and then put together something that you can present to the Commission. So it may not happen that month, it might happen the month after, but it, it's yes. in relationship to that because understanding that those projections you are probably still in the process of of understanding that, so it might not happen in the current month, but it, like in April, it might happen in May. So I yes. think it allows us to sort of track like when we would expect something like that.
7: Yeah, definitely. Uh, at these, in on that slide number three we will be providing additional information that speaks to these special items in those meetings.
4: Thanks. Um, The other thing that I looked at was the 48 million uncommitted balance. Is that uncommitted balance um, part, I mean, first of all, the 25 million per year operating deficit that, that you're tracking, and that is plus or minus close to what the actual in revenues and expenditures, That is all, that 25 million deficit, is that all going to DBI's deficit budget? Or is that dispersed between other commitments that DBI has with other departments or other contracts?
7: That is all DBI, so when I say expenditures, those include work orders with other departments, money that we are paying to other departments. So that's included in those revenue amounts. Or in those expenditure amounts.
4: So yeah, I mean, based on and I did sort of a quick math, your your timeline runs out in 2026 and the graph certainly helps cuz each one of those ticks I presume on page 6 talks about a 25 million, especially on the blue line that tick. Each one of those ticks every year represents 25 million in, in, on the graph, a downward graph basically yes. is what I understand that to be from a just a math standpoint. So the other question that I have, and I'm going to get through my, que- my questions hopefully quickly, but I was taking notes while you were talking. Um, DBI, from what, what you're explaining here, well, a couple of things that, that on page 7, DBI has their budget based on their revenue and then expenditures, but they're also handling the mayor's budget from what we understand do we do we have money from the mayor's budget for certain programs that you're addressing like the cbos that that was just raised by commissioner toot and yourself
7: no those are paid out of dbi's funds out of the building inspection the building inspection fund is the main fund that is dbi's revenues and expenditures right and these cbos are paid for out of that out of that fund and that's so, the,
4: that's a discussion you were having earlier with Commissioner Too. That that's the that's the dialogue that you're hoping to have in the mayor's office that yes. they would assume some of those to based have, on where you where the where DBI is in terms of their budgets and deficit and shortfall.
7: Yeah, and and where the programs may fit within the the missions of various other departments, it, it's certainly within the mayor's office of economic workforce development, perhaps or, or Department of Homelessness. Um, it can fit within this work. Could fit within their missions. We still want to do the work, but uh, those departments could fund it, so they could transfer money to the building inspection fund to pay for these this work.
4: Did you Did you have any question, or uh, Director Irvin? Did you have a question or a comment? Okay.
2: The last. Oh, you have okay. Just when um when so the appeal is in to the mayor to cover the cost for CBOs. Um, what is the timeline in which you uh, anticipate having an answer to that?
7: We will know for sure by June 1st of next year. That's when the mayor submits their budget. Hopefully we will know before then. We will know in time for our department budget submission. We will get guidance from the mayor. But they have said that they have a lot of balls in the air and they may not give us a response by then and they may make the decision in their phase of the Budget between February and June,
2: and is this something that we could submit a letter in support of?
7: Definitely, I think that we're we're looking for partners in on the commission and in other departments to support various proposals that we're making. So we're doing a lot of outreach within the city to support the um, proposals that we're we're making to the mayor's office.
4: Um other question I have maybe sort of related to that what can you expand and I know we've talked about them in the past but I'm just to revisit the, the type of work orders that you're speaking to um, like one of, and I don't know if this is part of that but like 2.8 million for the COVID reimbursement from the general fund but um, you talked about like expenditure of 3.9 million one-time work order reduction from the assessor's office SF Fire Public Works economic workforce development I presume the CBO is one of those things that we're talking about related no, to that No that, oh. that's a
7: separate issue
4: Okay could mm-hmm. you expand on the on, on that expenditure So I'm on page 7 of the slide deck the expenditure 3.9 one-time work order reduction Could you expand on that
7: So WE PAY A FEW MILLION DOLLARS TO THE ASSESSOR'S OFFICE AND I THINK THE THOUGHT WAS WHEN TIMES WERE GOOD BETWEEN AFTER 2010 AT SOME POINT WHEN THE DEPARTMENT HAD MORE Mm -hmm. MONEY THAN IT KNEW WHAT TO DO WITH IT WAS LOOKING TO FUND OTHER PROGRAMS ITEMS AND A DECISION WAS MADE TO FUND ASSESSOR'S OFFICE STAFF IT WAS DETERMINED THAT THEIR MISSION WAS uh, related to DBI. So DBI ended up funding, I think, 20 positions in the assessor's office. And now that things have reversed and we have this large projected operating deficit, we are looking at all those programs and looking to sunset them. And in our previous two-year budget, this work order was projected to or it was eliminated next year and we have requested can we end it one year early and save ourselves the fiscal year 23 amount as well can general fund can assess or pay for its own staff basically uh, fire department similar we pay them about a million dollars a year for outreach um, RELATED TO FIRE SAFETY, BUT ALSO RELATED TO the BUILDING CODES. SO THE DECISION WAS MADE TO FUND FIRE DEPARTMENT FOR THAT WORK. WE ARE REQUESTING THAT FIRE DEPARTMENT WHO IS DOING THE WORK ASSUMES uh, RESUMES RESPONSIBILITY FOR PAYING FOR THAT WORK. AND WE'RE ASKING FOR THAT TO BE DONE, AGAIN, A YEAR EARLY, EARLIER THAN WAS DECIDED LAST YEAR. DPW, we pay for half of the salary of the mayor's uh, of uh, the. I'm, I'm trying to think of the title, the mayor's housing director, I believe, and so DPW pays half, DBI pays half. We're asking if perhaps that funding could be shifted to mayor's office or DPW. Um, so all all of these things are do involve building inspection in some way but they could also according to us be paid for by other departments and so those those are our requests and same with economic workforce development they do re- they do outreach that and in, does involve DBI but is really their primary mission for existing anyway so OUR REQUEST IS FOR THAT DEPARTMENT TO RESUME FUNDING THEIR OWN their own WORK.
4: I JUST HAVE A GENERAL QUESTION. I MEAN, YOU KNOW, THE CITY CAN BE PERCEIVED AS ONE, LIKE, ONE BIG COMPANY, AND THEN YOU HAVE ALL THESE DEPARTMENTS THAT ARE RESPONSIBLE FOR THEIR INDIVIDUAL BUDGETS. Um, BUT IN THE CASE WHERE, YOU KNOW, DBI IS, is RUNNING a, INTO A BUDGET DEFICIT, uh, all of these suggested um, reductions that you're looking for all make sense. but in the times when things are good again, and we all sort of know that there's a cycle of when things are good and when things are bad, that's like seemingly happens on a 10 year cycle, right? So what happens in that when times are good? like if you stayed in your role for 10 years, times are good and you see a huge uptick in you know revenue, you have a lot of um, reserve that you've basically, I mean, is there sort of a rainy day fund in, in I mean, I, know, I understand that cities aren't for profit, but is there sort of a rainy day fund that departments like, like DBI or any other department sort of operate with so that they reserve those for the future, for, for, a, for a bad uh, projected, you know, five, in five years, we, we may need this rainy day fund at, at some point.
7: Sure, that's basically our, our fund balance. That's our economic stabilization reserve. Basically, any um, any surplus at the end of the, the year, we will deposit into our reserve. So I use the term reserve and fund balance interchangeably. And as part of the fee study, we plan to develop reserve policies. So how much we should use of the reserve in bad years, and how much we should deposit in good years to replenish, and then. When we're at full replenishment, there are two choices for the department to make. Either increase expenditures, so hire more staff, or fund other programs in other departments, or reduce fees.
4: Is it possible that some of these agreements or contracts you might have with other departments happen more on a more... Um, yearly basis and less on a committed like long-term basis is that sort of a strategy you would approach this with like you know because this is I think the pandemic was an an unusual time but it was it really set into it set a lot of unpredictable um, circumstances that you know we're still trying to I think even I follow this in the news quite often you, you hear people make projections and they don't necessarily come to fruition, but it leaves, even though the news may not necessarily be as bad as you ha- they had anticipated, it leaves this sense of uncertainty because you had something like this we'd never experienced before. So w- what would be the approach going forward in terms of how you would come to uh, an agreement between other departments to help fund them if you, 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 had an, you were in another opportunity to, to do that?
7: Theoretically these agreements are renegotiated every year, but in reality, once there's once these services start and there's an expectation an expectation is developed and the general fund likes having that savings, likes having services paid for by another funding source, so it becomes very difficult to reduce or eliminate once they've been started.
4: Fair answer. Uh, Commissioner Newman. Yeah. Is
2: there- what is the cap on the reserve? Because indicate that after a certain point, then funds have to be committed elsewhere, or?
7: So we will determine that, but the, as part of the fee study, okay. but the existing amount is 80 million, and I would need to research how that amount was determined. I suspect it is something like it was enough to cover four years of a downturn or something like that, but we, we will definitely revisit the cap and reserve policies in general as part of the fee study
2: does the charter also say that it has to be to fund specific programs or can that those be funds returned to the general fund so that you're not sort of in that position of, you know, all these promises to different departments?
7: Well, the the code says that the building inspection fund shall be used for department of building inspections related items. And so what it's is defined enough. as it's,
4: a, it's broad enough that you could do a number of different things but and, and not specific enough.
7: Yes, but the funds are restricted in that the general fund cannot take it, but the general fund can say, well, you should be funding this other work that another general fund department is doing.
4: It's a negotiation, I, I presume. But I um, guess to to Commissioner Newman's question and my questions about some of these things, um, when you do provide, you're able to bolster a program or another department's program, and, 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 and that's just sort of human nature or psychology that you kind of, when, some, when you're receiving funds for something that, you, that doing without it is a, a much harder pill to swallow, but is there an expectation set that when you loan this, this money that that program or department HAS AN ABILITY TO SELF-SUSTAIN ITSELF?
7: HISTORICALLY, I I WOULD IMAGINE THAT WOULD BE LOOKED AT ON A PROGRAM-PER-PROGRAM BASIS, BUT OVERALL THERE'S NO REQUIREMENT, AND THERE MAY BE SOME WISHFUL THINKING WHEN SOME OF THESE PROGRAMS ARE STARTED THAT, OH, YEAH, SURE, IF, if DBI MONEY RUNS OUT, THEN WE CAN FUND OUR OWN PROGRAM, BUT I WOULD SUSPECT THAT IT'S NOT A REQUIREMENT. So Programs certainly may have been started that would not be able to continue without DBI funding. But again, in the scope in the scope of DBI's few millions of dollars is small when compared to the general funds, billions of dollars. To be fair, a lot of that general fund is tied up in baselines and they have their own requirements and set asides that they have to keep.
6: Yeah.
7: Um, but it's part of it, it's part of a very complicated analysis that mayor's office has to do and balance all of the general fund departments, which is the majority of the city.
4: Yeah, and I don't know if I want to go into that like level of discussion on the mayor's budget, but I'm just trying to understand how DBI can take care of its own budget given the fact that it's running into the deficit and how you can um, negotiate that while you're... In the process, even after twenty twenty six, building those reserves back up again, because I think that will. I mean, the question then again is: after twenty twenty six, when this runs down to a zero, how long will it take? If you have something like ninety five million dollars in in that reserve or your rainy day fund, and 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 what well, I am coining in, in air quotes, how long will that take to build up in years?
7: And, and we're already using it. You can see, on the revenue and expenditure tabs, are are revenue budget for this year is 50 something million and our expenditure budget is 90. So this year we're already using tens of millions of dollars of that fund balance.
4: Understood, but yeah. when it runs out in 2026, as you project, how long do you think it will take to build up? Let's just say, let's just say like we'll project that after 2026 things are in, you know, the the, the economy is in good shape, developers are building what would what would you predict based on the past building up 95 million how long did that take or 100 million
7: so really that's going to be a policy decision and and will be something that we look at in the fee study do we want to build it up as quickly as possible and keep fees high or do we want to give ratepayers some relief and lower them and build it up more slowly so figuring out what's prudent uh, the effects on on ratepayers and and Stakeholders is going to be the majority of the analysis.
4: When you say ratepayers, f- are that the, the f- fee payers? Yeah.
7: Fee fee payers.
4: Yes, fee payers. So you're like permit fees and things like that. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I have two more questions, and then I'm done. But I really appreciate this presentation because it was very helpful to to understand how these budgets are monitored and tr- created and tracked. Um, on page eight. You talk about the utilization. Like 42 percent of the year has elapsed in fee revenues. There. So, can you explain what you, how you, how you, what, how you create what the 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 term utilization in terms of this budget?
7: So. I'm um, just, the, these two numbers are, the 42% is the percentage of the year that has elapsed. So it's just five months of mm-hmm. the year have gone by, divided by a total of 12 months. So we're, okay. f- we're 42% of the way through the year. And then the 38% on the following page is um, the 18.8 million uh, that we have received so far for charge for services, really it's permit revenue, mm-hmm. divided by the total budget, the 49.3. So that's the, that's the uh, thirty-eight.
4: Where
7: is
4: the forty-nine? Um, oh, got it. I see. Okay, I see. And then, when does your year start? Your fiscal year start that five months. That would be back in what August?
7: I'm sorry. Can you repeat that?
4: Oh, when does your year start in August or July? The Year
7: starts in July. Okay. Fiscal year starts in July.
4: And then. The search in applications, we're almost, we're halfway through the month of December, um, and DBI does not close like some other jurisdictions I'm aware of between the Christmas holidays. So uh, have you seen a surge in applications up until this point and then are anticipating more of them because of the code change? I would think that a lot of applicants would want to Get their permits in by the end of this month?
7: I think we've seen less than we were hoping for, but there has been a slight increase. Okay. So, looking at, well, it's hard to look at December so far, but looking at November, even this year, November compared to last year, November, the total number of permits, I believe, is less.
4: Okay. Well, I want to thank you for your presentation. It was very uh, and, and thoughtful discussion that we've had because it, it helped illuminate at least how some of the, how how the budget is tracked throughout the year and allows the commission to anticipate some things that we could look forward to in the coming months, in the coming years. So thank you very much. I don't have any further questions. Do my
3: other commissioners have other questions?
0: It, I'm sorry, Commissioner Alexander Toot has a question.
3: Uh, Yes, thank you so much. This has been such a rich conversation. Um, uh, My question was, I know we're not talking about the fee study, but in terms of the budget affecting the fee study, if we offload certain costs to different departments, are we then not able to include that in the fee study? Because that's millions of dollars that we would be potentially including in the fee study, right? So I, I guess I would be concerned about making these policy decisions in this budget, um, if it would affect our ability to include them in the fee study later. And I'm trying to figure out how to thread the needle here of like our budget deficit that we need to deal with and being able to include services, the, the full scope of the services we currently provide in the fee study. You know, I don't know if you know the answer to that. And if not, we can.
7: Sure, so later. you're right in that if we If we offload cost to other departments, if we stop paying for assessors or fire department work, then we would, that would not be part of the fee study. So those would, that would result in lower fees that we would need to charge to our fee payers. And um, the more expenditure that we have, assuming that the fee study results in, which is the goal in, we're covering all of our expenditures, then the less the less that we spend, the less that we need to charge our, our fee payers.
3: So is it possible then to keep things in our budget and then my understanding is that we have the authority whether or not to a budget is a document. It's not an oblig I don't believe it's an obligation to spend. So Example for the CBOs, if we kept them on the books, but we accepted money from other city departments to kind of backfill that cost, would we be able to keep them on the books and include them in there for the fee study, but then accept money kind of backfilling that cost? And likewise, could we keep some of the other money, the work orders on the books, but and for the departments that were freezing that, freezing those services, freezing that agreement? instead of taking it completely out of our budget, like are those alternative possibilities?
7: I think that could be seen as double dipping. So we'd be getting money for those from our fee payers, and we'd be getting money for those services from other departments. So really, I think we should think of, um, if if the services should be funded by the other departments, um, let them be funded by the other departments, and everything else is covered by our fee payers. And again, if you're worried about building up reserves and getting extra, that will be part of the fee study and part of the reserve policy. So if we determine that DBI's costs are $100 million, we still may set fees to recover $105 million to build up our reserves. So we do have flexibility in the fees that we charge and we're not required to only set fees at a level that recover that current year's costs. We do have flexibility there.
3: So uh, my question is then since we aren't gonna, we have to start, start the fee study presumably before June 1st, is that correct?
7: Oh yes, we have just begun our fee study, and we're hoping to have, um, we'll get into this when we discuss the fee study, but we're hoping to have a final report by April.
3: So how does that play out when, if we submit a budget that presumes these all these things get offloaded, and then the mayor comes back and says, no, you're not offloading it? You know, like we want a tiered approach to... Um, You know the assessor's office we can fund half of the cbo stuff you know like just i i'm you know like we you you, i'm not going to accept you know you rely too much on my you know uh budget i'm sorry housing director i can't remember the position that we have fund with dbi or with dpw so i guess i'm a little bit concerned about completely taking them out of the budget if we and then not including them in the fee study if at the end of the day, we actually have to pay for these things ourselves, because we are not able to offload to other departments. So I understand that, like, long term, it could be considered double dipping. But in the short term, it seems like we run the risk of being of holding on to of, of like, wishful, like, projecting to offload things that maybe we actually and then not include them in the fee study, and then turning around and then here they are, we have to pay for them anyway. So I'm a little bit I, um, maybe that's a discussion for the, for the fee study, but I feel like this is where the fee study and the budget overlap and that we run some level of risk in submitting a budget that we actually, it's just, it's just very much a draft.
7: Sure. Well, budgets are required to balance sources must equal uses. And so if we propose shifting funding to another department and mayor's office says no, and there's no additional revenue source. So if they say, you need to keep these services and you can't increase your fees, then the options that mayors has to balance the budget is either use additional fund balance or reduce expenditures. So the budget that we submit will be a balanced one and the budget that the mayor submits will be a balanced one. Every every phase of the budget, the final submission, the department, the mayors, and the final—they all have to be balanced,
3: right? But I don't think I'm—I guess I'm not understanding how that—that—that that, that to me says we're, the CBO program gets cut unless we get the back order, which we don't know about, or. But and then we might be end up holding the bag on all these other obligations that we have if it's rejected that we can't fund it. So I'm a little bit confused about um, about how the draft and the final interact. Um, can you kind of can can you tell me if I'm wrong or can you kind of help me understand?
7: So I guess uh, I'll, I'll pose the scenario: if we in our budget submission. Um, say we want to, our our budget would be balanced except for these five million dollars of CBO grants, then we'd like to, our proposal, our proposed budget submission would be to shift funding of those to receive five million dollars from mayors, from department of homelessness. If mayor's office then says, actually, no, we don't want homelessness to fund this, then we would have a five million dollar deficit that mayor's office would need to then solve for in their their uh, proposed budget, and so their options are either increase revenue, so increase fees, or reduce five million dollars of expenditure somewhere else, so from um, work orders or labor or anywhere else are our, our contracts. So that, that any decision, any changes that mayor's office makes from our submission, they would need to balance that on the other side. If they make an expenditure change, they need to balance that on uh, the revenue side or elsewhere in expenditures. They, their changes must be net zero somehow.
4: And that's how we're balancing our own budget too is using that deficit to balance it.
7: Yes. So that that is an option for mayor's office. They could kick the can further down the road and say, "Well, we want to keep keep doing what we're doing. We want to use another $25 million of fund balance to fund your operating deficit for another year and then figure it out next year." But they have a limited amount of time to do that and if they, if they do that, the more fund balance they use now, the more drastic changes will need to be made later.
3: Yeah, I guess I'm concerned about the fee study and the impact that these changes make on, on the fee study. And I'm, I would be interested in, in figuring out then how we keep these in the budget. Because I, I thought what we were doing, I guess, was saying, hey, we're in a budget deficit and we're trying to fix the budget deficit by bringing in extra money. But there is a long-term impact of, actually, we're going to set up fees without these services. Sure. And that seems like something that um, is much more impactful than just dealing with a deficit budget. And, yeah. mm-hmm.
7: So, sorry, we'll talk about this much more when we discuss the, yeah. the fee study, but the big question marks are the economic and kind of political analysis. What can the market bear if we want to fund all these things and don't make any expenditure cuts and just increase revenues? Will the market support that? Will that have an impact on economic activity? Will people delay projects or will people uh, try to go around and, and not – not obtain legal permits to do the work, Um, and then at the end of the day, uh, it will be whether or not to, what what changes that are made to the building code and fees will be up to the mayor's office and the board of supervisors, so um, we'll have to see who, who our proposed increases, potential increases may impact.
4: I want to thank Deputy Director Koskinen present that Or Koskinen. Yeah, Koskinen, I want to thank you for your presentation. It was it was uh, very clear and thoughtful. And I and, and Commissioner, Toot, Tud- Unless you have other questions, I mean, I think there's a lot of unknowns right now based on what you're proposing. So uh, we would certainly look forward to an update in January.
0: Hey, thank
7: you. Thank you. Thank you.
0: Okay, um, next, we have item four D: Update on proposed or recently enacted state or local legislation.
5: Good morning, President Beto and Supervisors. I'm Christine Gasparic, Assistant Director. That's my presentation. Out. It's loading.
0: Okay. The slides are showing. Yep, okay.
5: Uh, So, for ordinances, uh, first, the proposed ordinance to amend the first-year permit license and business registration fees for certain businesses uh, was signed by the mayor last month on November 17th. Um, That, again, is for an existing, expands an existing first-year free program uh, to help businesses um, get off the ground. Uh, secondly, a uh, proposed ordinance amending the planning and building codes to increase fines and penalties for violations of uh, planning and building code provisions. That was the ordinance that you heard in October and approved. Um, that was uh, amended and reintroduced, and so uh, the commission will need to hear that again. Uh, we'll probably have that on the agenda in January. Regarding hearings, uh Supervisor Peskin has introduced a hearing uh, to look into the uh, potential building code or planning code violations at 1355 Market Street. Um, That was introduced last month, or sorry, last week, and um, has not yet been scheduled. And secondly, a hearing to review the economic impact of uh, vacant office buildings and reduced daytime populations. That hearing has still not been scheduled. Uh, finally, uh, we were we had prepared for a hearing on ADUs, accessory dwelling units, um, that had been scheduled for last week, um, but that uh, hearing request was withdrawn the week before the hearing, so um, that's now been canceled. And I can take any questions.
0: Commissioners have any questions? Okay, Um, thank you. Next we have 4E update on inspection services.
9: Good morning, Commissioners. Uh, Joe Duffy, Deputy Director of Inspection Services. I'm pleased to provide an update on the activities and performance of our inspection services division. Um, Our activities have been pretty consistent from previous months. In November, building electrical and plumbing divisions conducted over 10,000 inspections. 86% of those inspections were conducted within two business days of the date requested by the customer, just slightly missing our target of uh, 90%. In the same month, our housing inspection services conducted 841 inspections, with 184 of them being uh, routine inspections of multifamily housing. The building, electrical and plumbing divisions received 412 complaints, with 184 of them being uh, routine inspections of... Sorry, our... um, 412 complaints and responded to 98% of them within three business days, well exceeding their target of 85%. Additionally, our Code Enforcement Division sent 44 cases for directors' hearings. Our Housing Inspection Services received 50, 50 safety and heat complaints and responded to 80% of them within one business day. They received 312 other complaints and responded to over 75% of them within three business days. Our Housing Inspection Services also abated 302 cases with a notice of violation and they sent 20 cases for directors' hearings. Thank you, and I'm available for any questions. Do
0: the commissioners, have any questions? Is there any public comment on the director's report items for A through E? There's none. Okay. okay thank you. No public comment. And um, We will go to item five, general public comment. The BIC will take public comment on matters within the commission's jurisdiction that are not part of this agenda. Looks like there's one hand raised. Um, Mon- Monique, did you uh, unmute the caller, please? Um, just one second. Okay.
1: Hello, commissioners.
0: We we hear you. Go ahead.
1: Oh, good, great, thank you. Uh, first of all, I just want to say that I don't think I can't think of anybody who's done so much for the Bayview as Commissioner um, Shadix has, has done out there um he's been really fantastic you know with, with both for the residents and for the business over there and you couldn't have a better person on the on the building special commission than than uh, uh, commissioner Shannock. so uh commissioners so i'm very uh proud of you and congratulate you on on this position that you're at at right now um and uh, on the other on another note i just want to bring up on the uh, fees for uh Uh, a first-year free program that is um, in effect right now. Um, And I have a small business colleague, Cassava Restaurant in North Beach, who um, the fee's already paid and all that. Um, So she found out about that they should get a refund on it. And um, Morgan Haller with OSB got onto that and she got a refund like in I think it was about three weeks. So great job. We really appreciate it in the small business community for, for that. So that's my comment. And with that, I'll just say happy holidays to everybody. And uh, looking forward to seeing you all guys next year. Thank you. Bye-bye.
0: Okay. Thank you. Is there any further public comment? Yeah, no. There's no further public comment.
4: I just want to concur that uh, we're excited to see uh, Commissioner Shaddix in person next month. So uh, we, uh, expanding the commission is very, very exciting. Thank you.
0: Okay. Thank, thank you, President Pido. Commissioner Shaddix did you have anything, to, something to say?
9: Uh, I want to thank all of you for allowing me to uh, um, dial in remotely, and you can hear Third Street behind me. Um, so, apologize for the background noise and. Thank you to that previous caller and especially you, Sonia. Thank you and Director O'Brien, for just such a nice welcoming onboarding and I'm looking so forward to working with all of you.
0: Thank you. So next uh, we have um, agenda item 6 was continued. Um, This was the discussion regarding the fee study for the Department of Building Inspection. Is there any public comment on this item? Seeing none, also the same with um, with item 7. Um, it is the update regarding the client services subcommittee. Is there any public comment on the item? Okay. And seeing none, we are now on item 8, discussion and possible action regarding the department of building inspections cost schedule.
8: Good morning, President Beto, members of the Commission. Uh, I'm Neville Pereira, Deputy Director of Permit Services. And I'm here to give you the update or um, the report on the cost schedule adjustment. Our um, cost schedule is actually determined by the building code um, in in Chapter 1 where it says that the valuation of the the permit is calculated at a time of issuance and uh, based on the schedule posted in the Office of the Department. Um, and so this ensures the, the cost schedule is, is in place to effectively ensure that the fees that we take in are consistent amongst various projects. If you can imagine two similar projects uh, being submitted, uh, either at the same time or various other times, one has uh, is reporting the valuation uh, for the what the actual cost of construction is. Let's say you know a hundred thousand dollars, and another one that's that's reporting the valuation at uh, at around thirty thousand dollars. Our cost um, schedule assures a a baseline for that that project, and we which we can compare against. And so that's really the the reason for it. Next. So as you heard earlier, uh, the department is self-funded and all of the fees that we get um, as, as revenue for uh, through our plan check fees and our inspection fees or permit fees um, go directly towards funding the, the services that we provide. And that's the reason why we need to make sure that the, the uh, fees that are coming in are accurately assessed and the way we do this is to... Assessed valuation, which the fees are based on. You heard earlier also that the um, our, our fees are are based on the, the, the service provided, and, and not uh, not there anything that's beyond the cost for service is uh, deemed to be a, a tax, and that's where we're not really a tax. We aren't a tax based uh, department. Next, I'm sorry. Can you go to the, the one before this? Uh, thank you. Our fee schedule is out of date. The last time it was updated is in 2017, and um, at at the time it was uh, it was only updated with a uh, across-the-board uh, fee multiplier or um, valuation multiplier. And our last study, as, as Alex said, our last fee study was back in 2015. This valuation estimate is not there to adjust the fees. It's adjusting the cost of uh, the, the project or the valuation of the project. Um, there is a direct connection between the valuation and the, and the fees. But it's it's not an immediate change. So for example, if we adjust a valuation 20%, it doesn't necessarily mean the fee is adjusted 20% because the fees are based on a tier system. Next slide. So, I'd actually, I actually was, want to acknowledge um, in the room uh, we have building inspector Matt Armour in the, in the room, so spent most of the year on updating the cost schedule uh, f- and put a lot of detailed effort into this. Uh, the adjusted cost schedule is based on 2022 values and um, what we did. Was a a modest reorganization to the document, as well as added a section for remodel, um, residential remodel. Next slide. We used a source of uh, different sources uh, during the study. Um, Those are listed here, in addition to several web web, um, sources to base our um, our study on next slide this is an example of some of the uh, changes that w- were made um, the section on the left shows that tenant improvements would change from uh, a hundred and twenty six dollars and seventy four cents per square foot in 2017 to two hundred and seventeen dollars and seventy six cents that was a seventy one percent. Uh, 70, 71.8% increase, and then on the residential remodel, we've increased uh, the cost per square foot from about $98 to $190, an increase of about 94%. Next slide. This um, outlines another uh, other examples of increases um, for the study that we did. And as you can see, there in the in the range of twenty-two to forty percent increase. The entire cost schedule uh, is included in your packet, and uh, is there for your your examination. Next schedule? No, sorry. Next slide. So as I said earlier on, we we reorganized uh, to. Provide a chronological um, order to these items, so it would follow from site work to foundation, through frame, through finishes, and so on and so forth. So we provided that organization. We updated some references and as well as um, our general multipliers. the uh, The other the other change we made is that uh, we simplified when buildings are. Uh, uh, differentiated by types of construction, we showed just one type of construction and a, and a multiplier for um, to to uh, reduce like a type A construction to a type B construction cost estimate. Next slide. So we've taken these changes through a detailed analysis uh, through the the code advisory committee in. Early December, um, actually last week, and it was approved. Um, we're uh, recommending approval here by uh, from the Building Inspection Commission, um, and I'm here to answer any questions that you have.
0: Thank you. Um, is first of all, is there any public comment on this item? Um, Seeing none. Okay. Thank you. Um, commissioners, have any questions? Um, is there um, any of our commissioners attending remotely have any questions? Uh, there, no, there don't. There don't seem to be any questions. So this item um, does call for a motion. So if the commissioners do not have questions, is there a motion to approve the cost schedule?
4: No, I, I have a quick question. Oh, you do. Okay, no, yeah, I do. I just wanted to go through. To okay. Through sorry. The apology. No, no, that's okay. Um, have you, on the cost schedule, is this something that had, like, stake- did it require stakeholder input?
8: Uh, no, no it doesn't. It just is a a objective analysis of the sources out there that look at costs of construction. Um, and then we present this ordinarily. This is done on an annual uh, basis. Mm-hmm. And we've just been remiss in, in updating these for mm-hmm. quite a while.
4: Okay. Um, I guess the only question that I have with respect to the type of construction and the t- building, let's just say, for example, you have uh, a building that's 10,000 square feet that costs, you evaluate that at X amount, and then you have another building, same size, but that valuation is 10X based on whatever complexity of that building, Um or, or sort of the, the upgrades to that building in terms of, of types of construction or whatever. But for if it's the same um, type of building, let's just say it's a commercial uh, or industrial building and, and some similar building, industrial building, does the cost of that necessarily equate to the same level of effort to plant check that? Do you associate the level of effort of plant checking you know, a, a, a application um, in the same way. Because that's been something that's been argued to me a couple of times where, you know, it, you take a house that's worth, you know, let's just say $2 million to build and you take another house that takes $3 million to build, it's really it's really the same level of effort between the two, even though they might have a disparity and there's there's a spread in the cost of that. So that's a simplified example, but is that what this 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 cost schedule evaluate that?
8: It, it does. It, it allows the plan checker to look at the uh, the level of effort for those two projects and uh, and really, if it is the same um, level of effort to to agree on what that. THAT COST THRESHOLD SHOULD BE, OR THE VALUATION THRESHOLD SHOULD BE. Um, FREQUENTLY, YOU KNOW, EVERYBODY WANTS TO SAVE MONEY AND uh, FREQUENTLY WE GET PEOPLE THAT ARE UNDERESTIMATING THE VALUE mm-hmm. JUST BECAUSE they, THEY WANT TO PAY LESS FEES. They, THERE'S A PERCEPTION OUT THERE THAT OUR FEES uh, OR OUR VALUATION is a, IS a DIRECT, HAS A DIRECT IMPACT ON THEIR ASSESSED VALUE FOR Property taxes and so on—that's not true. That the the, the county assessor uh, assesses VALUATIONS independently of our building valuation. So um, we do get a fair amount of people that undervalue their projects, um, and this is there as a threshold, like I say, to to bring up those valuations to the minimum, so that we at least cover our costs. The fee study that Alex talked about earlier on—this is a standard practice in in the industry. To establish that valuation for the services that uh, are rendered to to review those and inspect those projects.
4: Yeah, I guess a better way that I would describe that if you take two similar buildings, like I think it, it it's more dependent on the project description of that application rather than just the. So I I'm I think that the the cost schedule, the fact that it's it's. Uh, much more objective, I think, is really good news. I was just curious to know what type of feedback you got from the, you know, c- construction or development community. But having that become much more consistent um, and objective, I'm just curious about how that – I mean, I haven't studied every single – I mean, I've I've scanned through that, but um, how that's yeah applied at the time that somebody's submitting an application, I think would be helpful to have an example of that presented perhaps at another time.
8: Got it. Uh, I will let you know, and you were at the meeting too, President Beto, there's a fair number of our, uh, cons- uh, our clients out there that are part of the CAC. Mm-hmm. And uh, the anecdotes that we got back was these numbers are still um, less than mm-hmm. industry standard out there mm-hmm. and that's generally uh, generally true we, we we try to get close but we obviously need to um, to be mindful of the fees that are, that people uh, are charged and again the fee study takes that through an account there's really no direct co- co- correlation between the valuation and um, the actual no- actual number of hours uh, that it takes to either inspect or or plan check those projects, um, but the fee study takes that into account, and we we study individual cases. Uh, we look at the examples of, you know, the, 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 the type of project you just talked about. Was it typically cost for this value of project a residential, you know, uh, type of project, and then um, that time motion study goes into. Um, establishing the fee for that.
4: And I, and I was at, the, in, at that meeting, and I was it was good to hear that they, m- almost everybody, I presume, supported the, the uh, adjusted cost schedule. The thing that I'm trying to understand or bear in mind with this uh, cost schedule is that the valuation of something in construction costs per square foot, which is a very um, rough order of magnitude when you're looking at it, is still something I, I think it's hard to compare that to the industry, which is at a which would value it at a much higher level because that cost schedule is of is based on how you derive also your fees. Correct. Because if that gets too high, then the purpose of that is to cover the 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 expenditures for DBI plus their overhead. So it has to be commensurate with that because if you I think if you try to evaluate a project based on industry that yeah. could be really really high especially given where we are you know especially for housing um, right now that would be astronomical I would absolutely
8: think. and so, as you can imagine uh, President Vito, uh you get two the two types of contractors you get the the one that that essentially just gets the job done and you get a high end contractor that may be 3 3x three or 2x uh, times the the, the the value of the you know the, your average contractor Shh should we be charging more more fees because of that well it's
4: also just i think a lot of what we've seen is a lot of things that happen in the supply chain and labor costs is mostly so regardless of the type of contractor where a contractor might be somebody who's focused on you know single family you know type five or they're working on or or some of the bigger contractors in the city they're all suffering from the same i think at different scales but if we're using that as a barometer. So I was pleasantly surprised that a lot of the Code Advisory Commission was very supportive, but it's still understanding that that cost schedule is evaluated objectively and is consistent at the counter. So it would be great for the commission to see how you approach that, let's just say two similar projects as a case study that you bring to the commission. And secondly, how does that cost schedule arrive at the fee and that that, does that fee cover the level of effort and overhead? Because there's a lot of things that we look at when we look at the budgets, but the biggest cost expenditure that DBI has to bear is the cost of uh, salaries but there's other things that are part of their overhead so when you look at that fee for any one of those projects is it covering all the all the labor and overhead that that DBI absorbs for any given project
8: okay well we can certainly come back uh, to that you may have also uh, remembered me uh, saying at the uh, code Advisory Co- Commission that uh, sorry committee that um, we would like to REVISIT THIS AND ADJUST OUR VALUATION SCHEDULE MORE FREQUENTLY. Um, WE TALKED ABOUT THIS AT OUR EXECUTIVE MEETING WITH NBS, THE, people, the FOLKS THAT ARE GOING TO BE DOING THE uh, the FEE STUDY FOR US, yeah. AND THE INDUSTRY STANDARD uh, FOR BUILDING DEPARTMENTS IS a tie evaluation TO TIE OUR VALUATION TO A NATIONALLY PRODUCED um, SCHEDULE THAT COMES OUT EVERY SIX MONTHS BY THE INTERNATIONAL CODE COUNCIL. WE'LL DISCUSS THAT IN MORE DETAIL, um, mm-hmm. uh, um, BUT IT WAS, it was CERTAINLY allow us the flexibility to ebb and flow with the economy, like you talked about earlier on with the supply chain, uh, causing the increase in construction costs, we would be able to adjust that a little more f- uh, flexibly than we, we, than we currently do.
4: But I think that ebb and flow, so, I, and I guess I'm just trying to absorb this, which is why I'm asking a lot of questions, that ebb and flow in the economy that you're, tra- you're, tr- you're tracking or gauging the fees against is also something that has to have a correlation to the increase in cost of labor that you have at DBI or, you know, whatever whatever it is that you deal with salaries when you, you know, year over year when you provide people salary increases. So I think it would be good to understand how that's evaluated. And also I think the priority in a schedule is that applicants can – can count on an objective evaluation. So you don't have people that are undervaluing the project and and others that can count, like if I'm paying my fair share as a contractor or a developer, that other people are are paying their fair share too. They're paying a similar cost for the same level of effort to uh, plan check my project. Right. Okay. I don't have any other questions.
0: Thank you, other commissioners don't have any questions. Is there a motion to uh, approve the cost schedule?
4: Motion to approve.
0: There a second. second. Okay. So, there's a motion by um, President Beto and a second by Commissioner Alexander Toot. I will do a roll call vote on the motion. Um, President Beto? Yes. Um, Commissioner Alexander Toot? Yes. Commissioner Newman? Yes. Commissioner Shaddix? Yes. And Commissioner Summer? Yes. And uh, Commissioner Tam is excused. So that motion carries unanimously. Thank you. Okay, next um, we had item number nine discussion and possible action regarding Director Overton's performance evaluation. This item was continued. Is there any public comment on this? Okay, I'm seeing There's none. Mine. Okay, thank you. I will go to item number 10, um, Commissioners' questions and matters. 10 A, inquiries to staff. At this time, commissioners may make inquiries to staff regarding various documents, policies, practices, and procedures that are interest to the commission. And I'll read item B as well, future meetings and agendas. At this time, the commission may discuss and take action to set the date of a special meeting and or determine those items that could be placed on the agenda of the next meeting and other future meetings of the building inspection commission. Um, President Vito, or anybody have any questions? Uh,
4: I I don't accept that I presume we're going to continue on those items to January that we weren't able to hear today.
0: Yes, the agenda items today that were continued will be heard at the um, the January meeting, which will be uh, the January meeting will be on January eighteenth, two thousand twenty three. And are there any, do commissioners have any other future items they'd like to propose? Or if not, you can contact me at a later, later date. Okay, no items. Okay, is there public comment on 10 A and B? Okay, no public comment. No. Okay, thank you, then item 11 is a uh, minutes review and approval of the minutes of the regular meeting of November 16th, 2022. Um, motion to approve. Is there a second? Second. Okay, so there's a motion and a second. Any public comment? Um, seeing none, are all commissioners in favor of approving the minutes? Yes. Aye. Any opposed? Okay. Uh, thank you very much. The minutes are approved. And the next is item 12, adjournment. Is there a motion to adjourn?
4: Motion to adjourn.
0: And second. And second. So we, all commissioners are in favor? Yes. Okay, thank you. We are now adjourned. It is 11.14 a.m.
1: of TV
6: San Francisco